0: This conversation is brought to you in part by Shift Creative, Start Shifting with promotional consideration from Volcano Produce. Hey everybody, how y'all doing? We're glad you're here. I hope you're having a great day. It's always my wish for everybody every time we open the show. Wishing you having a good day. That's what it's going to take. We all wish everybody a good day. Maybe it'll happen and we'll have a good day and the world will be a happier place. A world, A happier world would be kind of cool, Lois, I do believe. I do believe. I think, I think letting some cool stuff happen in the world to get rid of some of this negative stuff would be awesome. I'm excited for my guest today. She's back. Uh, this is the go-to person. You want to learn something about water. This is the person to kind of break it down. I love how she writes. I love her team. Uh, I'm excited about this conversation because last time we were here, we were talking about not having water. And now we're going to talk about what the hell we're going to do with all this water because It ain't no better, just in the opposite direction. So please, everybody, welcome the CEO and editor of sjvwater.org. And by the way, type in that on the Google machine and subscribe to her newsletter so you can learn and get informed. Please welcome. This lady covers all the issues here in the central San Joaquin Valley and up down the valley. What's going on? She is the big voice, and I'm excited to have her. Please, everybody, welcome Lois Henry. Hello, my friend. Welcome. Hello. I am thrilled you're here today. I really am. This is going to be a great conversation. I have no idea what the hell we're going to talk about. Like I told you, it's like, I don't know where to go with this because it's all over the board. But man, there's a lot of things we can get into right now. So I figured we just kind of go for it and see where
1: it takes us. Sure. There's, there's it's, uh, no end to the subjects that we can cover on this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, and I was emailing you, killed me last week on the email. And I said to you, I sent you a note. I said, Do you ever stop shaking your head? And your reply was, It shakes constantly. It's <laughs> just nonstop down here. And we've got some good perspective because I'm going to share a little bit with what I've got. But I got stopped um, by a couple of people down at a conference in Los Angeles, and we were BSing about other things. And both these folks asked me about water. And I thought, Yeah, what is, you know, what is Tulare Lake? What is all that about? I thought, You know what? I tried to explain it a little bit. I thought, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to get Lois on here. We're going to get the biggest brain I know out here to talk about water. And she's just going to unload on everybody and fill you up with a bunch of information about what you need to know. And one of the things that you shared with us last time you were here in September, and I, you, you taught me this, and I believe it today, and I hope people were reinforced that there is no such thing as California water. That's a mis- that just, it doesn't exist. Water is a regional issue in the state of California. And there's a boatload of regional p- players involved in this. But it's not a state, really a state issue, it's really a regional issue. So I want people to be mindful of that as we talk today, because I think it's really, really important. The other thing I want to be mindful of is, as I'm framing all this up, is that when we talked back in September, we know we don't have any infrastructure. You no, know, it's no better than from September to today, I'm quite sure. But, you know, so we didn't have any infrastructure to begin with. Now we have all this rain, we still don't have any infrastructure. Now it's posing a whole bunch of other problems. So. With that being said, I'm going to throw a couple of stats out. I'm rambling, but I'm going to shut up because I'm going to let you run the show anyways. I was going to get this shit out on the table first. But I thought it would be really relevant to give people some stats of what we're talking about when we think about water, right? So the Oroville Dam up north, northern California, in December, I just want to give people some perspective on what this actually, what, what water really sounds like. The inflow over a five-day period in December was 70,000 cubic feet of water per second. So folks, just hear this out. That is about a half a million gallons of water entering the dam every second. That's the kind of water we're dealing with. It's not just, you know, it's not a glass of water, kids. It's a big old bucket of water. So with that being said, Lois, I'm just going to kind of ramble, throw some stuff out. I just wanted people to get some perspective. Your picture backdrop is uh, not normally, uh, you know, a flooded street and whatnot. So I'm just going to be quiet, throw the first question. What's going on out there today?
1: that's highway uh, 43 by the way it's not a yeah. street it's highway 43 right before it closed i was up there um okay so yeah th- there's a couple of different terms that you you're going to want to keep in mind here cfs and acre feet cfs is cubic feet per second right the way i liked a water manager one time years ago told me to envision it this way like you're standing beside a river or a canal and somebody tells you oh that's 100 cfs going by hundred cubic feet per second. Well, a basketball is about the size of a cubic foot. So just think hundred basketballs a second going right. by. That's a lot. Uh, the Kern river uh, on March 10th, or I'm sorry, March 11th after the March 10th storm was flowing at 40,000 CFS um, past Kernville and into the lake. So, so yeah, you just have to kind of keep that sort of in mind. That's, and that's a lot
0: of basketballs.
1: That's a lot of basketballs um and then acre feet we t- everybody here talks about water not in gallons but in acre feet and you want to envision a football field covered in a foot of water that is about yeah. an acre foot if that helps your visualization i'm just kind of trying to yeah yeah no well it's, it's totally this,
0: confusing to people because they don't get it yeah they don't understand the volume so hard to understand
1: for some of this lingo so so it just gives you a just an idea of the scale sure okay so, what we're dealing with right now is um we had a lot a lot of snow that came in over uh, feb- mostly late January, February, and early right. March. And it was low snow. Remember that?'s very low elevation snow. it you know, it packed the upper reaches, but it also very critically packed the lower elevations. And then the reason we saw this, massive surge and you know you saw the the press you know nationally go wild about this everybody's you know jumping into my beat by the way and you know parachuting in and doing stories is because march 10th we had an atmospheric river that was warm and long and drenching so it not only brought in a lot of its own moisture it washed down that low elevation snow so when that happened you saw not just our reservoirs because we have a number of reservoirs we have Lake Isabella, which is on the Kern River. We have um, Kaweah Lake, which is Kaweah River. We have uh, Lake Success, which is Thule River. We have Pine Flat Dam, which is Kings River. And we have Millerton Lake, which is San Joaquin River. And I'm only going to say, then you go up, you know, into Merced County. Well, you just keep
0: climbing, right? You just keep climbing up the state.
1: So those are our controlled rivers. They're controlled because they're behind dams and we can control a little bit of the... What happened March 11th was we also saw all of these rivers and streams that you've never heard of, I've never heard of, pop up out of nowhere. They just, because they come out of the foothills, they don't come out of upper reaches and they aren't, they don't flow into any of those dams so we had Pozo Creek and White River and Deer Creek and Mill Creek and Cross Creek and Lewis Creek and Yokel Creek and these places I was just like wait wait what 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 creek and they, yeah and they not only started flowing but they started flooding and yeah. because there hasn't been any um we don't have any flood control agencies down here we have a couple of in you know I think it Almost all the valley except the San Joaquin River, and mostly that's just to the east over by Stockton, that comes under the Central Valley Flood Protection Board. And you would think Central Valley, we're part of the Central Valley. No, we are not under the purview of that board in terms of you know, any overarching agencies or decision trees or, you know, handoff and understanding of who man, maintains this levy. You know, okay, now, now this is my boundary. Now it's your boundary. Da, 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 da. You know, All of these kind of the framework that you think exists does not exist in this valley. We have a couple of um, conservation districts, the Kaweah River Conservation District and the Kings River Conservation District. They maintain some levees up there in Kings and Tulare counties, but only for their boundaries. So you saw all these cities, they were like, well, we we clean out the creek, but only to our boundaries because then it goes into the county and it's not our ba-. So this just created this massive widespread, I got pictures of it, like just debris that looked like timber yards, yeah. you know, pa- piled up against uh, bridges and then the water flooded out all over the place, or it just broke the banks and flooded out all over the place. So these tiny communities Lindsay and Woodlake and all these little farm worker communities just got hammered so that's the start of our flood story
0: <laughs> right
1: but that's only the start of our flood story right because now okay so that that lower elevation snow washed down all that debris came down all that junky horrible water you know from from wildfire burn scars it was washing down it was just ugly nasty turbid stuff so that's all down and happening. And then those little creeks have kind of receded back into their foothills. Now we are looking at, um, especially the Kern River watershed, we're looking at 400% of normal um, snowpack. Uh, above Kawia uh, and Tule, it's close to 300%. Above um, Pine Flat, it's like 200%. These are millions of acre feet of water waiting yeah. to come down. So I've been talking to a lot of flood managers who've said, "Okay, this was tough. You know, this was twenty-four-seven for about ten days after March 10th. Now we've got the pop flood coming."
0: Right. <laughs> so. This one's right. It's and it's legit. I mean, it is, and we're and, and it's not coming. It's going to be, you know, sometime in June-ish, whatever it might be, could be into July, could depending be the on end of where. This month
1: May yeah, it could be. I think everybody knows who's planned a garden party outside in May because it's going to be nice in the valley no no matter what if you plan something outside it turns to 108 that day
0: yeah it's murphy's law yeah i mean the one no thing
1: we, the one thing we know about this valley it will heat up thanks for joining the
0: Todd Versation. and now a word from our sponsor
2: thanks for listening to Todd Versations. this episode is sponsored by shift creative shift creative brings a fresh approach to design and marketing SHIFT's team of expert designers and strategists create content that connects and engages. Our clients are a collaborative part of our process, working directly with the creative team to build their award-winning projects. Specializing in branding, messaging, packaging, marketing, and websites with decades of experience serving the food, agricultural, service, and tech industries, SHIFT can help your brand to tell its story. Visit StartShifting.com to get started. Make a difference with your marketing. Freshen up with Shift Creative.
0: Well, and we've already had some heat in the valley, which has already pushed the thing down. But, you know, I mean, I I was down on the river um, over the weekend a couple different times down looking. And I mean, it's the the water is way wide. The, the, The gates are open. The water's coming out. I mean, there's work being done. It looks like to be shoring up the sides. There's a lot of things that are happening down there. Uh, there's some really concerned people, some concerned neighbors, because you're it's like waiting for Christmas, you know, it's coming. It's just, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. And it's, it's, it's going to be legit when this comes down. So what's next? I mean, everybody's, you know, got to be a little bit
1: well, trying to
0: figure out what to do.
1: Okay. So if you'll permit me a moment to rant a little bit. Rant? Shit girl, I brought you on to rant.
0: That's why I got a full glass of vodka here. You just go. I mean, water. No, oh, yeah,
1: special water. So okay, you're talking about the Kern River. We so just have to keep yeah. it because because sure. there's so much going up on up at the tool. It's River the well, piece,
0: everywhere's so. got it. Every every which way, everybody's got issues coming from every direction up and down the state at this point.
1: So we're, we'll we'll get a little bit mathy here, which I'm no good at, but you, you've got to understand what's happening on the Kern River to understand how nervous you should be and why the silence from certain government organizations is ticking me off. incredibly, you've got a 429% um, snowpack. So that's 1.8 million acre feet in the snow, ready to come into Lake Isabella. Okay, 1.8 million acre feet. Lake Isabella only holds 570,000 acre feet. Acre feet. It already is at three, I haven't looked lately, but it's like 350 acre feet are already taken up with water. So it only has 200 and some thousand acre feet. And you've got 1.8 million waiting to, waiting to come down, right? And so you've got a fairly full reservoir and they're only letting it out at um, 6,000, actually five fifty eight hundred CFS. So it's not draining. It's not going down because the inflow is, is higher than the outflow. Outflow, so, right. So say we get, we've been very lucky in our spring so far this year where um it's not just that it's cooler temperatures during the day, but it cools off at night. And you've got that huge snowpack, which kind of creates its own yeti kind of sure. yeah, you know, absolutely <laughs> situation where it so, but as we know, what we know about 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 the valley is it does turn hot. And so once it starts getting going and that runoff starts coming down, the numbers are not in our favor. Mm-mm. I mean, you just cannot, I mean that is like, you know, what is it, 10 pounds? Of flour in a two-pound sack. Yeah. What is going to happen? I and I, you know, I did a story where I I confirmed that there had been a vibration in the power plant that the um, Lake Isabella Dam feeds. The penstocks go through the right. dam and into the power plant. There was a vibration. That's not cool for a dam. And so they shut off the power plant and they moved the water out through the side gates. And I keep asking like, well, what was the vibration and, 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 you know, how much can you move? And, you know, we, and I'm just getting like a whole bunch of like, no, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. We don't know. It's fine. The vibration wasn't our facility. It was the power plant. And I was like, yeah, but it was going through the power plant or through the dam. Right. So not getting a lot of great information from the army Corps of engineers. And so then I turned to the city of Bakersfield. I, I mean, the Kern river runs through most of the city of Bakersfield And Mm -hmm. I've been told that the channel is rated to be able to carry 8,000 CFS uh, cubic feet per second, and that the levees on the side are rated by FEMA to be able to hold 10,200 CFS. Except then I find out that the city hasn't been able to get a clearing permit for the last three years, has not been able to clear the channel. So I start asking, who makes sure that these ratings are still Accurate applicable.
2: Yeah. You
1: know, I mean, we've got this water coming down and the, the city's already had to haul out 96 tons of debris and haul it off. And there's still more stuff coming. And we know there's more water coming. And I'm like, OK, well, I'm trying to get a handle on what the heck is happening. And just like you said, and I've heard you know, from other people who send me pictures every day, they're building new berms in certain areas like over at Callaway. Uh, why are you building new berms? I can't get the city to talk to me.
0: Yeah, I'm sure they don't. They probably don't have a good answer in a lot of ways because this cool. is uncharted waters.
1: Oh, I made
0: a I made a water joke. Look at me go. But, but here's, here's
1: the thing. Here's the thing, Todd. <laughs> That's what the city is there to do. I get it. A government's most I don't care what else they do. Their main priority is to protect the public. Right. Yeah. And the public is watching this water rise. And they're asking questions and they're asking questions of me. And so I go to the city, I'll just tell you right before Good Friday, I call and I leave messages and I'm like, Hey, I need to talk to you about, I can't remember. was something having to do with the river. And uh, I know it's Good Friday tomorrow. If you can't meet tomorrow, can you talk to me on Monday? And I finally get, you know, hours later, I get an email back from their PIO chastising me for not going through the PIO for one thing, which really is like, he's like, oh, it's the city's policy that you have to go through the PIO. And I'm like, I don't know if you know this, but I don't work for the city. Right, yeah. Oh, um, so I was like, not only that, not only can we not talk to you Friday, we can't talk to you Monday, and we're not gonna. We'll just have to let you know when we can get back to you. And again, I'm looking at these numbers. I'm looking at what's happening. Flooding is the worst disaster that can happen to a population, bar yeah. not the most expensive. And I, I don't know if you remember Yosemite Sam.
0: Yeah, remember fondly.
1: He would get angry, and his head would literally explode. yeah. That's what happened to me when I got that email and I got on the phone and I got on the text and I got on the email with every single city council person I got on the with the city manager's office, every person that I could think of in in, in power at the city and was like, are you seriously not going to be out there and talk to the press about this unfolding public, you know, public disaster that has to do with basic public safety? Are you serious? Because at this point, that's my story. Yeah. And I got a call within a half an hour,
2: <laughs> you know, oh, oh, sure no, we'll that. talk to
1: you, Oh, no, no, we'll talk to you. But I've been having to do that every step of the way. It's not like, oh, they've learned their lesson and they want to talk to me now and, you know, answer my questions, which are very legitimate, basic questions. No, 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 no. I have to go through it every time. And I'm finding that with all of these government agencies, they act like there's nothing to see here. I mean, the CDCR, the prisons, have they have two major prisons just... South of Corcoran, which yeah. uh, you know, there's a, there's a levee that's protecting them, but the levee has sunk.
0: Right again. <laughs> again, let's, let, let's let's go back to the infrastructure part of this because I, right. I want to make so sure we get that again. Try, by the way, you
1: try and ask questions, and they act like you know, go Same away, thing. pesky kid, and it's like, are you kidding me? Some you know, it's it, it. This disaster is what has your government not told you today? That is the theme throughout this whole thing. Sorry. Well, I
0: think no, you're not. But I, I, I think it's going to, I personally think it's going to unfold right before our eyes here the next several weeks. It, it is right now. Some, Yeah. It's it, it, yeah. And and I think that, you know, um, you know, and, again, another thought of perspective, you know, in February, at one point with one of the storms, they said there was 18 trillion gallons of water coming down across the state, 18 trillion gallons of water. That's a lot of water. And that's just one storm of the many that we had. We had what, 10 in a row or 10, whatever the hell that number was we lined had 30. up.
1: We had yeah. thirty
0: atmospheric rivers. Yeah, across the state. I mean, it's it's nuts. It 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 it's really going to be interesting to me. Um, from what I'm seeing and from what I'm hearing is is how these folks are going to react and pivot because I think that there's I don't see how we're prepared. I look down at this canal with all the breeze. I mean, if you want an, if you want a Styrofoam cooler, I could wait out in the river and get you about twenty of them docked up against one tree, along with all this other stuff, to your point. And if that's not cleared out, that's going to force a whole nother set of issues that the city's going to get into. Talk to me a little bit about this. You know, when you think about this, the city and what's going to be this wake up call, the city of Cochrane in the Valley is potentially screwed, if I'm not mistaken, based on what I'm reading about what the levy does. They're going to have a hard time even with other issues. Is that fair to say?
1: Oh, oh, it's going to be a mess up there for at least two years. Um, In 1982, 83, the last really big flood, uh, that water stood on the Tulare Lake because it doesn't have as good a percolation. I can explain why it doesn't have as good a percolation as um, we have around the Kern River. It's just a different soil type. Uh, It stood on it stood on that ground for the better part of two years, 18 months. It's done. So you're not farming. So you're losing income. People don't have jobs and it's fetid. It's, you know, people, I see all these people, they read my Twitter and they're a lot of environmentalists and they're cheering on the, the lake. And, you know, isn't it great? You no, know, there's all these birds and all that kind of stuff. And there is to a, set, a certain extent, you know, that is going on. But, you know, this isn't a lake like, you know, on Golden Pond where, you know, a river comes in and it fills up and, and then there's an outlet and it kind of constantly regenerates right. itself. No, this is, you know, it's a giant pond and it always was. And back in the day before it was drained, it was, you know, very fetid and, mosquitoes and diseases and now we've got you know added dairies and animal facilities that are within the boundaries of that lake and you've just it, it is gonna not be pretty it's really not going to be pretty and and the yeah. devastation to the economy is going to be really awful well that's so you the have the Tilleri, and that's the Tulare lake bed I don't know if your viewer viewers we should orient them we've yeah no, I
0: want I want to talk conqueror. about right yeah. we I yeah, know we have been yeah I want to get into Terry lake bed but, but one thing I want to go back to the Kern River really quick and I talked to 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 somebody that's uh that's been working up there for I don't know how many years on the dam. And I got a couple questions on that. I want to round that out. and We'll jump over to Larry. But one of the things that he shared with me is that, you know, if if the water coming out of the dam goes over, and I thought he told me 7,000 CFS down the Kern River Valley, that it's going to drastically alter the Kern River Valley where the river's running now because it's not had that much flow of water. And they don't know what it's going to do, what it's going to twist here, twist there, open up a canal that that we never knew existed before. Have you heard anything about that as well? That the dam oh yeah,
1: the Kern River, River Watermaster has talked about this. Um, so if it goes over the spillway, and you know, there, there's there's two things here. There's overtopping the dam, and there's going over the spillway. The spillway is a controlled structure. So if it goes over right. the spillway, people shouldn't be like, oh my god, the dam's breaking. Oh my god, it's terrible. <laughs> right, 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 it's fine. Right. And that's it. Was built for that. But if it goes over the spillway, um, they're going to try and reduce then the the stuff that comes out of the gates to try and keep it to 7,500 CFS. But they may not be able to contain that. It may go up to 10,000, 12,000 CFS. And if it does that, then we will definitely lose Highway 178. Yeah. It will have to be repaired to us a large degree because there's lots of places there's two or three places where it's already coming close and even in 2017 and 2019 which were big water years but not like this one they had places where the the river washed out i mean so far what we've had is that all of that rain that you mentioned from the atmospheric rivers created situations where the um the sides of the canyon you know had boulders come crashing down but this is going to be coming up from the bottom poor 178 it's
0: been yeah it's it's going to be a, it's going to be Uh, it's, it's definitely going to be, uh, a real big challenge, I I think to get through some of this stuff, because we're just, again, we do not have the infrastructure. We don't have the, we have not put the energy into collecting this water, let alone what we're going to do in a situation like this. And, you know, one thing that I think that, that I've decided to say is that I'm not using the word drought anymore, just in case you're, I mean, I'm just not, I'm, I'm done using the word drought, California. It's just called weather. That's what it is. It's just California. It's just mother nature drought is just a fancy word that we use now. And I just, I just don't think that it is any longer. I think it's just the reality of living here and we're going through another one of those cycles. You know, I do. I think it's just, I think it's going to be interesting to see.
1: Well, I, I hate the word drought because it makes it seem like, things are going to get better. And I mean, yeah, you know, we should, we are always that? in kind of a water poor situation. I mean, we have a big, it's hard to talk, you know, people may go, what, what is she talking about? Look at that picture behind her. Um, but we're, this is good. This is abnormal. And, you know, we only go through this kind of really big water years now, like every eight years or so, you know, where they're really big water years. And so you can't count on that. And like no. I said, you know, in Kern County, um, most of the, river water that is coming down is being um recharged because Kern County um agricultural water districts have made just a literal careers out of making recharge you know all over the place so we have it's hundreds lit- of acres of recharge and we have great sandy soil for that um further north a lot of this water is it, it, it's just going to it's just going to sit on top of you know of the, of the land, because especially in Tulare around Corcoran, the reason it's called Corcoran is because it has a layer of Corcoran clay underneath it. And that is almost impermeable to water. So, you know, it can sink down a little ways and then it can, you know, it takes decades and decades for it to get through the, the Corcoran clay into the lower aquifer. And that is also why the land is sinking because people have been pumping it out of that lower aquifer. And then those, Corcoran clay pieces collapse in on each other and the land sinks. So that's kind of an unfortunate situation up there. And then just, you know, in Tulare and Fresno counties, they just haven't put the um, emphasis on recharge and infrastructure like Kern County has. So they don't have the plumbing. They don't have, you know, a good safe place to put it. They are working on um, on on-farm recharge. A lot of places are trying to do on-farm recharge, and they were doing it sort of experimentally just to see like okay well if if my pistachios or grapes or almonds or what have you stand in a foot of water for a month you know what does that do to the plant kind of thing and i think a lot of places are doing it now because they have to it's not experimental it's just you know the water's here we've got to put it someplace you know and it's it's going on your farm so there it has there you have it but anyway
0: yeah and it's <laughs> Again, this is going to be interesting. I want to talk about Tulare Lake because I think this is one that is just fascinating to me, and I'm going to let you run with it, but I want to frame up Tulare Lake for everybody. Tulare Lake was once the largest freshwater lake west of the Mississippi River, so it's not tiny, kids. It's the second largest freshwater lake uh, in the United States based upon surface area. It covers an estimated 790 square miles, creating a biodiverse wetland that encompasses approximately 10% of California. That's a pretty big lake. Um, in the late 1800s, settlers began diverting Tulare's uh, tributaries for agricultural purposes. Shocker. Incrementally drying the lake and exposing the obviously very nutrient-rich soil. Well, Tulare Lake's been asleep for a long time. But guess who's back? And, and this a very, very interesting um, story. There's a lot to it. I want to get into it. You wrote a couple of great ones. I want to talk about that for sure. But so what's happening with Tulare Lake and what is going to happen there?
1: OK, so um, uh, fast forwarding a little bit on your story in the 1920s, J.G. Boswell came along and bought up a huge chunk of it. And then there was a, another family called the Salyers and they had a huge chunk of the lake bottom. And anyway, Boswell ended up buying Sell you're out. So
0: oh, they're coming up next in our conversation. Don't worry.
1: <laughs> so the Boswell Company owns, you know, a huge chunk. I would say most of the Tulare Lake Bottom, and they farm it. And they farm tomatoes and safflower and cotton, lots and lots of cotton. Um, they started growing pistachio trees there a couple of years ago, uh, mostly in the higher elevation because pistachios cannot take standing water anyway. Because the Boswells own the land, they also um own levee system down in the lake bed. So when the water started coming in because um the Tulare Lake is the low spot in the valley. So all yep. rivers, including the Kern River, run to the Tulare Lake at some right. point. they run if they run high enough. So, all those little rivers that I talked to you about, Pozo, Deer, White River, they all run into the Tulare Lake as well. So um, after that March 10th storm, you started seeing like, I think it was the Thule River, which normally I think the channel is rated to like 500 CFS. And it ran yeah, it's at, it ran at like 5,000 CFS or 10,000 CFS for a while there. So they're all running into the Tulare Lake, but the Boswell company is accused of um, holding the, that Water back and using their levees to direct it to not the lake bottom, but to the fringes of the lake. Right. Which um, other farmers have accused the Boswell Company of premeditatedly flooding them out. Correct. And, and there's also an accusation that since they held that to, Thule River water, especially back um, using the levees, that it caused the Thule River's banks to break further upstream. And in fact, there were at least 50 breaks along that tool river. Yeah. I mean, it was blowing at 10,000 CFS when I think right. it's for 3,000 CFS. So who knows? And the debris and all that kind of stuff, like I told you before, there's, there's, <laughs> they don't even know everything, who all the levies back there. I mean, there's no or- organization or agency that is in charge of clearing it, making sure, you know, all that stuff has come to play here. So we'll just say what the benefit of the doubt is. I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you what the accusations are. So, um, well, it's a
0: PR nightmare for these guys. Anywhere you want to cover right. it, it, they're not looking, they're, they're they're not getting a star by their name as being good people.
1: So, at the same time as that's happening, and these other farmers um, to the east and to the south and to the north, even are getting flooded out, and dairies are having to evacuate in the middle of the night, and all of this terrible stuff is happening. I found that Boswell was planting tomatoes on the southern portion of the Tulare Lake bed, which is where. The water would go. Go. It weren't being held off, and um, so I reported that you know, I, you know, I don't know, you know, good, bad, and different. I'm just telling you what the truth is. Here's the tomatoes.
2: Right. <laughs> Here's the tomato to
1: plants. Here's where I am. This is this is what this is looking like. And you know, when I went out and found all that, and, and you know, was driving around on the levee roads, which on the lake bottom are roads. They're public roads, by the way, right. and GPS will tell you that. And you go out there. Uh when I called Boswell's office to say, hey, this is what I'm seeing, this is where I am. Then I got a call from the sheriff. Boswell's people called the sheriff's department and the sheriff's department came called me to tell me not to trespass. And I was like, Well, I wasn't trespassing, but that's interesting.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's interesting. By the way,
1: I can stand on the middle of a a public road here, which I have, and I'm taking pictures of crop dusting, fertilizing the land right over, you know, just what they're doing. So, you know, anyway. Well, look, but it, it goes.
0: But look, it goes back to what we talked about before. Water's the wild, wild west is really an interesting business model to look at. Uh it, It's got a lot of players. I shouldn't refrain. It doesn't have a lot of players. The players that are involved are, are deep, deep tentacles. They do a lot of really weird, wild stuff. Not a lot of it above board. Pushing water around. I get You know, I've seen it myself before in my career in the past. When we've got bad, bad water time. But specifically, I... I, I because we're on this and, and, you know, the sheriff is coming after you on a public road because Boswell has got their feelings hurt. They don't want to get, get in trouble for what they're doing. It's like, it's a PR nightmare for them. Talk to everybody, give them a story about Eric Hansen that you wrote. And cause that's a powerful story. If you yeah. wouldn't mind.
1: Eric and Philip Hansen are Hansen ranches. And um, aside from Boswell, there's a couple of, you know, large organizations there. And Hansen is a very large farming organization there. And they're usually hand in glove. They sit on the same boards. They work together. Right. And they- you know, uh, the trucking and fertilizing and crop dusting and all together and stuff like that. But they, uh, the Hansons got completely flooded. I mean, they lost their homes. They lost their grandmother's homes. They lost their, you know, 3,000 acres. They lost their shops. They lost everything. And according to Eric Hansen, who said this all in a public meeting at the um, King's Board of Supervisors, it was, quote, premeditated on Boswell's part that they knew that if they held water off in this certain way, and it gets very complex up there if you don't understand the canals, which I don't pretend to understand all the canals and levees because it's very complex. But essentially, they held the water off from, Boswell held the water off from this one area that that ended up pushing it back into the Thule River, which then broke over the Gage-Jones Canal. And basically, once that happened, it was free-for-all into the southeastern part of Corcoran. Now, that's the Hanson's version of this. Boswell got up at the same meeting, a Boswell representative, George Rosell, and said, "You know, we're not doing anything. We're not keeping anything away from people. We're not, you know, trying to hide the uh, information here. We're not trying to do anything. We're just trying to protect Corcoran." And they, they, meaning the Hansons, knew very well that they were in an area that could flood. And so we're not trying to do anything differently, Da 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 Well, and they even said, George Russell says, hell, even Lois Henry knows that this can flood yeah. here <laughs> because I've done so many stories on the subsidence sure. because like I said, you know, they overpump that ground there and those clay layers sink and that creates subsidence. Well, guess who the main pumper is? Right. Boswell. Boswell. Boswell's the main pumper up there.
2: <laughs> so,
1: right. It's really interesting that the Boswell representatives are up in the Kings County Board of Supervisors saying, we're trying to fight the flood. We're trying to protect Corcoran. Well, they control the levees and the levees are pushing that water around to keep it off of their plantings. Right. then they're complaining about subsidence that they are a huge contributor to. I just find it really ironic and interesting. Well,
0: it's just a part of this. It's a part of so everything King we're going to see play out.
1: Yeah. Well, it's going to be, it's a
0: part of like we talked about, it's a part of how all this is
1: going to play out
0: because we don't have a, a, a an infrastructure system yeah. to support this we don't have any, we didn't have we didn't have one when we had no water right wouldn't made the easiest time to do it wouldn't know have water right it's easy to build but we're at that point so you know if if they weren't planting tomatoes down at the lowest end this probably wouldn't have happened they probably could have just sent the water down there and eric wouldn't be you know in the predicament that he's in today whether or not he lived whether or not he's in that predicament or not, you know, based upon geographically what he's he's sitting at, but what are the ramifications for him at this point? Are there any, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, you can move water off your property and don't really have a lot that, you know, you can push it to to your neighbor. There's there's
1: nowhere to move it. Um, That area. It's a bowl. It's a bowl down into Angiola highway 43. As it comes up to Corcoran, it's, it's created a whole new bowl. And I mean, I've been writing about it for years because, um, I, I just got on this whole thing because Boswell, what, what I discovered Boswell was doing a couple of years ago was selling off a lot of their state water and river water and then pumping groundwater to irrigate with. Now, and, and they put pump the groundwater and they would move it up into these um, what what are actually flood cells. So when the floods came, they were full, by the way. So that's another right. interesting little tidbit. So they were pumping it up into these flood cells and they would hold it for irrigation later in the summer. And I was like, now, wait a second. You know, and I I'm just like driving all around trying to figure this stuff out. So so this this has been going on for a while. And I and I found in the course of doing that reporting there was um, because high speed rail is coming right through there. High speed rail goes right down by Highway. we need
0: that. We need the high speed rail. We need two of them.
1: Well, (laughs) I found this. and, and again, another, you know, what your government won't tell you. I had heard that there was this engineering report which um, detailed the groundwater subsidence or the subsidence and the groundwater usage and all that kind of stuff in this area. And so I kept asking high speed rail for it. And I mean, I, I saved all the emails, and at some point I'm going to put it together as a timeline of what this PIO was like. No, no, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. I don't know. About... I mean, it was ridiculous the way she was trying to, trying to, um, you know, throw me off the scent. And I finally got the, uh, I finally got the report and I sent it to her and I was like, yeah, here's the report. I'm going to remember your name. Don't, don't, just, you can bet on that. I will absolutely remember your name and I will keep all of these emails and it'll come back to haunt you at some point. Yeah. I, I am just that vindictive and childish. Um, but this report, it, it was done by the AMIC Foster Wheeler Environmental Engineering Group. It is terrifying. It talks about how the subsidence is so bad it has changed the flood zones. So the Corcoran levee that we were talking about a few minutes ago goes mm-hmm. on the western side of the town because it used to flood from Tulare Lake. It goes on the western side and then the southern side of the town. That's the way it protects it, you know, and then you've got Highway 43 on the eastern side, which it's kind of a triangle, right? Well, guess right. what the new flood zones are? Eastern side. There's no levee on that side, so that's where we're seeing a lot of that flooding. You see that, um, well, Highway 43 never Blood. flooded before. There it is, and it goes for miles. And um, in fact, that's looking right at the Angiola Well Field, where um, the, I mean, they they've documented the subsidence from space. You know, it has a name. It's called the Corcoran Bowl. So anyway, there's just all of these factors coming to play, and and just I, you know, I'm watching it happen in real life real time. Cause I've been writing about this for two to three years during the drought. Yeah, yeah. It's just been theoretical, but, um, there it is. It's, it's, it's
0: like the wild, wild West. It, it doesn't have a happy ending at the end of the thing I mean, you know, I'm not sure. Who
1: go, has, I'm not sure who has the white hat here.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, hundred percent agree with you. I don't, you know, and, and to your point, it's like you ask questions, you get shuttled off, you go to try to investigate, you got the sheriff calling you on public ground you know, you got. There's just. A, it's a very. It's it's like a mob mystery, right? It's kind of a trip to listen to all of this. Well, I mean, knowing what we know, knowing about the amount of water that's up there, knowing about you know all of the stuff that's going. In fact, one of the stats I was just popped into my head the, when the LA when the LA River was running, they said between fifty. It was a, it was a one of the chances from UCLA had this quote. I'm, I'm sure I'll butcher, but I'll get pretty close. Um, Talked about when the when the LA River was up at fifty to seventy percent when it was at that point I think mean, December whatever it was there was enough water passing by that if they could actually capture it it could if they could trap that water and do what they need to do it it would take care of Los Angeles for an entire year just in that moment of time that was right there it was like it's unbelievable when I start thinking about what goes out it was like almost ninety percent goes back to the ocean whatever the number is and are you know in this great state of ours so when I think about all this craziness and what you have just shared I mean. What do you think is going to, you know, based upon what the Kern River's doing, what these other rivers are doing, Tulare Lake, which you framed up beautifully to give people an explanation of how much of a problem that's going to be. What do you think is going to end up being the case? I mean, I know it's a crapshoot because we don't know how fast that snow is going to melt and come down. But, the, you know, I mean, I went to public high school. You can kind of do quick math and realize it's not going to be great.
2: Thanks for joining the Todd Versation. And now a word from our sponsor. Thanks for listening to Todd Versations. This episode is sponsored by Shift Creative. Shift Creative brings a fresh approach to design and marketing. Shift's team of expert designers and strategists create content that connects and engages. Our clients are a collaborative part of our process, working directly with the creative team to build their award-winning projects. Specializing in branding, messaging, packaging, marketing, and websites with decades of experience serving the food, agricultural, service, and tech industries, Shift can help your brand to tell its story. Visit startshifting.com to get started. Make a difference with your marketing. Freshen up with Shift Creative.
1: We asked um, a climate scientist guy, UCLA guy, very you know well-known, named Daniel Swain, that exact question, you know, and he said, "Look." It's either going to come down in a wall of water during a heat wave, (laughs) that's scenario number one, or it's going to dribble down over time. But either way, at least for sure Tulare Lake is just going to have water on it forever. And it's just, I mean, you know, two years, three years, and it's going to, you know, kind of ebb and flow, but it's going to be out there. And it's going to be up against levees and it's going to be on roads and it's going to weaken power l- poles and it's going to ruin septic systems and wellheads and all of the infrastructure that we're used to is probably going to be so waterlogged and warped that it's going to have to be replaced. And that's the best case scenario. The worst case scenario is we get, you know, a massive wall of water. It comes down from Kern river. Cause like I these other reservoirs that I mentioned, by the way, mm-hmm. the Kaweah, the Thule, the Pine Flat, they've been draining the hell out of those. They're they're like, they're less than a third full. So they're ready for that snowmelt. The Kern River is not. It's just, you know, people people are kind of shutting me out and not wanting to talk to me. And I'm like, look, the math is the math. Right. I mean, the numbers are the numbers and it's not looking good here, folks. So what's going to happen with the Kern River? And I keep asking, you know, is it going to go up to Tulare Lake? Because at some point, it's either going to go into the aqueduct or it's going to go into Tulare Lake if we can't control it. And everyone's like, oh, no, tut, tut, you know, nothing to see here. Keep keep moving along now. And I'm like, Mm. (laughs) if this happens,
0: what's the plan? it's, It's
1: going to be really, really bad. It's going to be not just that we get a wall of water, but it's going to be. It's just a wall of water that's just uncontrollable.
0: So, well, right. You, the one thing you can't control is water. That's for darn sure. Mother Nature and water is, you know, is, is certainly has a mind of its own, whatever it wants to do. And that's, I agree with you. I think that's what scares me the most is like, I don't think they have, they don't, they don't, they don't have a plan for a good day, let alone a plan for a bad day.
1: So, yeah, I mean, what do I think's going to happen long-term is I think that they're going to have to do an after action review in the years, you know. Following this, and like, where did we screw up? What do we need to do? We're going to need to get like either flood control agencies that have JPAs, you know, throughout because these rivers don't care about the county lines, they don't care about city, county, you oh. know, boundaries, all that kind of stuff. We're going to need to get JPAs that link all of these agencies. What,
0: what's G- JPAs? What is that? For I'm sorry, joint
1: like... powers agreements. Right. Um, okay. So that cities get protected first and foremost, and people get protected first and foremost, but that people know who to call, they know who's responsible because there's, there was a lot of stuff that was going on at that, after that March 10th store storm where, you know, us reporters would be out like, Hey, this community says they're flooding over here. You know, who's in charge? Is it, is it BNSF the railroad because that's on their property or is it the storm water district over here? Or is it the County or is it Cal OES and all those agencies were like, Whoa. yeah, right. You know, point, and so, with five fingers wait a minute, you know, we need (laughs) need a lot more organization here on this stuff and transparency and communication. And, and I'm, it's, I'm not saying that because I'm a reporter and I'm frustrated trying to get the story. I'm telling you what, um, office of emergency services people are telling me. Local people are, who are first responders are telling me they're getting really frustrated with the state. They're getting really frustrated with sort of the lack of, you know, sharing of information and, you know, this is people's lives and livelihoods, you know, and it's not going to probably, this probably won't happen again in our lifetimes, this massive of amount of flood, but we'll have a 2017, we'll have a 2019 again, you know, those yeah. big water years and we should, you know, always be on the lookout for this and be prepared. And, you know, part of it is also just um, like, like those channel clearing permits that nobody right. can get. That's a that's a Department of Fish and Wildlife issue that's like, yeah, we, you know, I love the critters, too. But, I, you know, I don't want to see people's homes destroyed because of a beetle. I'm sorry.
0: Well, no, I get it. But to think that you can't get a permit for several years to clear out a canal, to get out there and, and rehabilitate something, because I'll tell you what, the, the water starts falling, that what they didn't clear out is going to be a disaster because it's going to force the water higher it's, it's not going to allow the water to flow. It's going to start to back up. It's no different than what I see down, you know, when I was down the river, I mean, you know, again, all the, all the styrofoam coolers and all the other crap that's piled up and the debris, that's what happens when you have stuff, because the water's out of the, you know, the water's over now on the river, you know, that I can see that's into the trees now. In fact, at one point I was back there uh, Saturday and there was a couple turtles laying on a log and you would have thought you were in Louisiana looking out through as much water through the trees. It's unbelievable. Yeah. You know? And so it's, it's, it's going to be something to see. And I think it's good that we gave people some perspective. One thing I got to ask you though, and I don't want to, before I forget, because this is something I've been paying attention to the army Corps of engineers took over the dam up there, right? They're running that thing now. Well, they why it. did the, well, I know that they did. I mean, they revamped it and did all that stuff, but why are they running it now? Is that, and who did they, I was curious no, 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 about no, no. that.
1: The Lake Isabella has always been a dam, uh, 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 army Corps of engineers, army uh-huh. Corps of engineers built, Lake Isabella for flood control, <laughs> because somewhere back in the day, our forefathers knew that this could happen and they, right. <laughs> somehow we've forgotten, you know, that mother nature could do this, but somewhere back in the day. So in the fifties, um, they built Lake Isabella and they built a uh, terminus dam, which is Lake Cahuilla Schaefer dam, which is Lake success. And in the forties, I think they built um pine flat dam. The, uh millerton is a bureau of reclamation dam okay it's a different federal agency but they're all federal dams that okay
0: that was yeah it's interesting because you know i've been paying a lot of attention to this water of the usa and some of the stuff they're trying to do with that and and uh it's that's going to be another interesting topic we'll have to get into sometime that's a fascinating uh journey and i don't even know what it's going to turn into but it's it's working its way into something that's for sure without a doubt. What do you, so anything else that we didn't cover? I mean, we went through a whole gamut of stuff. People are going to be like, Holy shit. What are these, this, this is i California is losing appeal anyways. Now it's even got less appeal.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's going to be a mess for a while. <laughs> and really it just does.
2: Yeah. And I think hopefully, it
1: is. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully the math isn't the math. Hopefully Kern river, you know, is completely under control and there's no problem at all. And, you know, uh, everything's great, but. Yeah. uh,
0: Look, I I hope you're, I hope you're wrong too, but I think the the problem wise is that we're not prepared if you're right. And I think that's the part we need to continue to talk about. That's the part that people just don't seem to get the grasp on, you know, and, and we don't. You know, it, it's it, it's like some of the other stuff that we're doing now. It's, it's like the EV car thing. I harp about this all the time. It's like, yeah, we're going to go do this, but we're not prepared for it. We're still getting conflict minerals. We don't have charging stations. We don't have anything we need to pull this off. We have a, it's a great idea, and I love it. Theory, it's wonderful. But you just can't have great ideas without any kind of inside execution, or it just gets off the rails, right? And it's what you're going to see with that, and this is what you're seeing now.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know. Wow. I well, hope for the best, uh, but keep your floaties handy. Keep your <laughs> and on that note, folks, we're done. <laughs> no,
0: you're absolutely right. It's going to be easy to watch. I'll send you all my pictures I've got. I know, you know, I got some pretty good ones that I took when I was down there.
2: I'm sure okay. you'll get
0: a kick out of seeing some of them. Uh, it's going to be something. I appreciate you being here. Right, let's let's do it again, and we're giving people an up. Let's see how right or wrong we are in a month.
1: Yeah, I
0: hope I'm wrong. I do too. I hope you're wrong, but again, it points out it points out everything that we need to be working on, not in the moment, but leading up to whatever happens next we need to get our shit together it's just it's just telltale sign of that so thank you for thank you for hanging out with me
1: all right thanks todd
0: thanks everybody for listening we appreciate you uh don't forget to check us out on social media tlc underscore top you know i'm on social media lois you know why because that's where i get all my water facts because everybody tells the truth on social media that's why i go there (laughs) anyway and by the way everybody please get on sjvwater.org get the newsletter, get it into your inbox. I'm telling you, it will really inform you about what's going on. Because again, water in California is a regional issue, not a state issue. If you understand what's happening in the region, which God, good luck if you can, because it's pretty complicated. You're really going to learn a lot about what's going on in the state of California for water. So Lois, thanks again for being here. I appreciate you. Thanks. Take care, everybody. Go inspire somebody. It's really important. See ya.